When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, tech fans, and welcome in to what is a very, very special Tech Sideline podcast originating today from TSL's High Tech Studios in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. I'm Evan Hughes, and we are pleased to be joined this week in our offices. We have the new national champion here at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Makai Lewis, and head coach of Virginia Tech Wrestling, Tony Roby, joining us. Guys, it is a pleasure. I mean, we're so excited here at TSL that you guys could join us. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Um, obviously, you know, have a, had a fantastic weekend. Still recovering from the weekend a little bit. It's a pretty exhausting event um, for everybody involved. So, but uh, we're, we're excited to be here. Glad to talk to you and appreciate everything you guys have done for the sport of wrestling and, and helping us grow our fan base and uh, getting the word out there about uh, about guys like Makai Lewis. Absolutely, Makai. Have you gotten much sleep, my friend, since uh, Saturday? Um. No, not really, uh, because I've just been up um, basically like just thinking and reflecting on everything that happened and stuff, and just also hanging out with a bunch of my friends, so I really haven't had a lot of sleep. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure that it has just been a surreal week, I mean, for the both of you. I, I have to ask, starting with you, Coach Rob, has, has the weekend, has it processed yet? Has it sunk in? yet or is it still just kind of all a whirlwind the last couple of days no i think it has i mean you know i've said this before i i I, it's kind of sunk into me pretty quick because i just wasn't surprised i I anticipated uh this happening and and um you know i felt really good about makai's chances going into to this event and i think as the the further we got into the event um through each round you just you could just see it and i've been in kind of these situations before where you can just feel that something special is happening. And, and I had that feeling all weekend with Makai. And uh, so, you know, it was uh, it was something that uh, I wasn't surprised at all. And, and again, it was, uh, it, was, it was an awesome weekend and we were fired up about it. But I, I would say that it sunk in just because, you know, I've got high expectations for this guy. I know what he's capable of. So, Makai, has it sunk in yet being referred to as a national champion? Uh, now it did. Before, like, uh, the night, like, wh- right after, um, it was uh, it was just pretty crazy just hearing people, like, say, uh, Makai Lewis, like, you're a national champ, or, like, saying Natty champ, or stuff, like, little things like that. So, like, now it's something, like, people on campus, like, coming up to me, congratulating me, like, um, like, just all... Just everybody, like the whole experience. Like, I always say, like, it was like a good experience to have, and like, it was pretty crazy. So, and I'm sure your phone has been blowing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My phone like turned off randomly and like had to reset itself and then turn back on. And I like turn it back on, and I just have like way more messages. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it was just uh, pretty, pretty wild. So, 
Well, we're excited to break it all down again. This very special Tech Sideline podcast with Virginia Tech head coach Tony Roby and Makai Lewis. Uh, of course, every TSL podcast proudly presented by the Fisher Law Firm, Virginia's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm, dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic-related offenses from their offices in Blacksburg and Roanoke. The Fisher Law Firm handles cases throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia. To date, the firm has defended more than 30,000 people charged with moving violations. For free consultation, call any time, day or evening, toll free at 1-800-680-7031. Again, that's 1-800-680-7031 or email them at info at fisherlegal.com. A lot to get to on this podcast, but you know, you know, Coach Roby, you came on our, our you were our first guest this year um, on our podcast, and we, you know, we kind of talked about uh, the season as a whole, but we also talked, of course, about Makai because he was coming off of his, his junior world championship. So I thought it would be fun to kind of give our listeners kind of the perspective of where this all began and when you first got to know Makai Lewis and that process of meeting him first and getting to know him first and what was it like getting him to come to Virginia Tech? Well, you know, it's funny. I was telling somebody uh, this story the other day and we, and Coach Dresser was still here when Kevin commit, or when uh, Makai committed to us, but um, there was a guy named Bob Murray, his son Nick wrestled for us as somebody that we recruited early on, um, probably 2006, 2007, when myself and Kevin got on campus, uh, that went to Mackay's High School, went to Boundbrook High School. Um, we got to be very, very close with Nick and, and Nick's family and, and his dad, Bob, um, who really probably deserves a lot of the credit for uh, pushing Mackay our way. Um, he, he kind of told us early on about Mackay, you know, even before he had kind of emerged on the scene uh, in New Jersey and, and uh, on the national scene, certainly. So it was probably, I would say, you know, after his freshman year of high school, you know, Bob was still uh, somebody that we communicated with us, communicated with often. And uh, we had recruited a couple other guys from Boundbrook High School. So I uh, had good relationships up there uh, with Marty Gleason, who was the head coach at the time, and, and a lot of the people in Makai's program. But Bob specifically kind of just said, hey, this kid is special. And anybody that knows Bob Murray, you know, when he talks, you listen to him. He's, uh, he's a, a very uh, entertaining guy, very bright guy, somebody who has a lot of presence. So he, he uh, actually... Had Makai down here at a couple of our camps, you know, probably after his freshman, sophomore year of high school. So we got to see Makai firsthand, and I think that's when we really uh, were excited about the possibility of, of recruiting him. And uh, But I, I would say really it was after his junior year of high school, I believe, after he won his first state title, um, he came down for our one of our intensive training camps. And, you know, we obviously when a kid comes down to one of your camps, I mean, you've, uh, you've got an eye on him and, and you want to see what he's about. You want to see how he trains. You want to kind of see how tough he is. So uh, Makai came to that camp and uh, at that time he was he was really, really raw. Um, but, you know, his, his athletic ability was pretty obvious. But I think what impressed us the most is we had a couple of really, really hard wrestling workouts over in Rector Fieldhouse before they renovated that. And anybody who was in Rector in July knows that place was a hot box. It got up to like 9,500 yeah. <laughs> degrees. Um, you know, we, we had a practice where we threw Makai out there and we'd have some of our athletes and our coaches jump in on these, these camp workouts. And uh, Makai was wrestling a guy named Sal Mastriani 
who's another uh, Jersey guy from, from Don Bosco and Sal's probably not going to like it that I tell this story. I, I, I tell it to him all the time. But uh, Makai was wrestling Sal, and, and uh, it, was, it was impressive. Um, he was dominating Sal, who was going into his senior year and who was actually an All-American that year. Right. So at that point, um, you know, it was, I think, confirmed in our minds uh, that this is a guy that we have to, you know, do whatever we have to do to get him to Virginia Tech. And, uh, you know, it, it was good. And we had an opportunity to watch him a little bit. I remember watching him after his, during his junior season early on in a tournament in uh, in late December called the Powerade up in Pennsylvania. And, and Makai was wrestling up there. And, you know, we had had our eye on him. And I remember specifically having a conversation with with uh, Kevin at the time, you know, after I'd left that event, talking about Makai. I don't even think he won. I believe he got second yeah. um, to, to, to Cam Coy, I believe, yeah. right? Who was, Cam Coy. The, Foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. So it shows you how far he's come, right? Um, but I remember having a conversation saying, yeah, this, this guy is the real deal. Um, you, you could see it, and uh, it, it was pretty obvious. And I, th- I think the things, like I said, that, that impressed us more than anything uh, at least impressed me was just how he competed and how how uh, how much pride he had and how tough he was and um, you know when you combine that with his just natural ability and natural feel for the sport of wrestling it was pretty obvious that Makai was was going to be special so I, I you know we probably got a little bit lucky and and uh, having a relationship there at the school and having somebody that really sold Makai and believed in Makai and sold him and somebody that we trusted at the time um, and we listened to so that's that's kind of how it uh, came about. That's a great story, and I'm sure that Sal's going to love to uh, go back and listen to this podcast. <laughs> and uh, live with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Makai, you, you know the saying here at Virginia Tech is, this is home. When did you ultimately know that Virginia Tech was going to be home for you? Um, when I came on my last, like, official visit, and I just remember, like, everybody was, like, the same. Like, everybody from, um, like, Cody Hughes and uh, Dave – and like Brooks, like none of them didn't change from like the first time I showed up to like the last time. And like just the team, like just accepted me and like everybody around, like just the other like different sports too, um, just like uh, accepted me and like I was already like a part of like the family. And like um, just like that, like uh, family, like feeling, like just being here also, like I didn't get that anywhere else where I visit. So, um, just all of that, like, and, um, like, the fans and coaches just uh, just being, like, nice and, like, just random people in the town being nice. Like, it's, uh, it's just, like, like, a welcoming place, so. Yeah, I think that definitely defines what marketing says. This is home. I think that's mm-hmm. probably what they're going for. What you just mm-hmm. said. I'm I'm curious too. You know, as Coach said, when you know talking, you know, to your folks up in the state of New Jersey, what was your first when you when Virginia Tech first entered your mind? I mean, what did you know about the school? Had you followed them before? Or was this something brand new to you? So my sophomore year was like one of the first times I came down like going into my sophomore year we came down as a team like my whole high school team came down for uh one of the team camps I just remember uh my head coach at the time uh Marty told me he was like what do you think about this school I was like oh I'll never go here like I'm never gonna come here and it like uh I always like think about like what I said and then like I ended up coming back for like the camp that he was talking about where I like wrestled Sal and um, 
I just remember like being on campus, like walking around with one of my buddies who came up with me, just being like, yo, it would be so cool just to, you know, maybe, maybe come here. And then like, he's like, yeah, like I think it would be cool too. Like what if we came here together? And like, I just remember um, like just being like on the drill field, like at nighttime, just looking up and like, just seeing like how cool it looked like with all the lights and stuff. And I was just like, um, maybe I do want to come here. And then like, it just all like started to like settle in like um maybe i do want to like you know go to virginia tech mm. that's a great story that really is and so the good news is in the story you get to virginia tech <laughs> and your first year red shirted great season going unattached 28 and 2 but when you get him on campus coach roby what were your initial thoughts on on getting him on attached and how did you see him improve kind of throughout his first year being redshirted here at Virginia Tech? I think um, Makai really bought into to what we call being a pro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about that with our team, it means that everything that you do um, is has got to have a purpose and you have to understand the reasoning behind it. And everything matters. And, and a lot of the little things that you do matter. And I think Makai bought into that and – um, he was incredibly, incredibly coachable. He, he's been incredibly coachable from the day that he stepped on campus, and I think he will continue to be incredibly coachable. Um, you know, and, and he's constantly trying to improve and get better. And, and I think when you have that approach every single day, um, something special can happen. And you, you're going to see growth. You're going to see improvement. And, uh, you know, to me, I think, you know, with Makai, it was it was obvious early on that he wasn't afraid to do hard things. And I, I think when you have uh, a willingness to do hard things and you have a willingness to, uh, you know, we, we call it embrace the pain that's involved in, in being great in our sport. And, and there's definitely some pain and there's definitely some suffering involved in it. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. Workouts are hard. you got to be able to push yourself physically and mentally and uh, all the things that you need to do. To, uh, to, to, to be great. So, you know, Makai had that, and he right. still has that. And I think, you know, to me, that's, that was, you know, a big part of it. And uh, I remember his freshman year, I would, me and, and Tim Moore, our academic support person, would meet, would meet with Makai once a week just to make sure he was doing everything, he, you know, he needed to do. And his, he, his just, uh, uh, you know, his, his uh, willingness to be accountable uh, his organizational skills, just he had everything. I mean, like he was just on point with everything that he did. It was important to him. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he's he's continued with that approach for the last two years. And I think what we saw yesterday, like I said, that's why I wasn't surprised. You know, I mean, there's other guys that I would probably be surprised because they don't have that same kind of dedication and commitment to, to the craft of being great in the sport of wrestling. So this year I I had a couple of times the pleasure of coming into the wrestling room and seeing you guys work, like you're saying, and get after it. And uh, I have to, you know, thinking about it last year, what a great situation for Makai to come into a wrestling room where you've got guys like Jarrett Haught and you've got Dave McFadden. You've got so many guys, I feel like that, you know, if you could speak on that, can probably help bridge a talented freshman coming in right away. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's his example. I mean, and that's where Makai's at now. He's the example for the younger guys. I and mean, it's, you know, he's only a freshman, obviously, and just completed his freshman year. But I, I, I think that's how you build and maintain a, a successful culture is, is it's passed down from the guys that have – it's been passed down to from other guys. You know, it started with Ty Walls and Devin right. Carter and Jared Hott and Dave McFadden and Zach Zavatsky, and it trickles down over the years. And, and I, you know, I think that's uh, – when you have a good culture and you have good people and, and uh, you, you work hard and we're all committed to the similar things and committed to live the same way, that's kind of what you walk into. That's why, you, you know, I, I believe that the same schools are having the same kind of success every year at the NCAA tournament. And, Makai, going off of your, your first year here, I mean, you know, the, the stats speak for itself, right? 28-2, and two, 19 of those 28 wins, bonus point wins. Did you – did you feel like, you know, sometimes say that it's – some guys say in all sports, jumping from high school to college can be different. How would you say your transition was from senior year high school to freshman year, Makai Lewis? Um, well, it was difficult at first because when I first got into the room, like certain moves in like certain areas, like I could get away with in high school. Like it wasn't working in college. And like I started noticing like just little things that – I need to like fix in my wrestling to like be a little bit more crisp in like certain areas. And um, I just remember uh, just like working with Freyer and talking with him about it and like just uh, realizing that like little things matter more than like, um, uh, like just like certain like situations like I have to be aware and accountable for. So I just remember like just um like going to the edge of uh the mat, like practice like uh trying to get takedowns on the edge, like having people like getting on my legs and like like stay up on one leg and like I used to do that for like a good amount coming in uh sometimes on our off days and like uh working with um somebody who's restaurant just like me and like just uh working on my attacks and like coming to my feet and stuff it was just like little stuff like that like i had to uh fix and uh i just remember um looking back on it now uh just being like so grateful for like acknowledging it and like noticing it because like if i didn't then i probably wouldn't be in the position i am right now so I was about to say the little things definitely could uh, help you maybe a year down the road, right? Um, so transitioning from your from your first year, of course, you had a very very busy summer leading into the fall. Uh, I'll start with you, Coach Roby. How did the whole Junior World Championships and Makai being a part of that team? How did that all kind of first start to come about? I'm going to back up one second yes, absolutely. and kind of uh, piggyback off of what Makai said, and and this is just kind of. It helps people understand his mindset. So, you know, we met we met with all the guys in our team, uh, our 10 starters, probably, you know, five weeks ago or four weeks before the NCAA tournament. And uh, when Makai came in for his meeting, you know, we talked about – we started talking about some of the areas we felt like he needed to get better in, um, you know, based on some of the opponents that he might have. And he – you know, what I thought was really cool looking back on it is he kind of already had a list together. He didn't kind of – he had a list together of, of, of things that he felt like he needed to get better at 
before the NCAA tournament in order to put himself in a position to win. And, and you know, we kind of looked at some, broke down some opponents, or he did. This, this he came into this meeting, and this is the way his brain works. But he, uh, you know, he, he, you know, we talked about uh, Marinelli from Iowa, and we talked about getting better at hand fighting and staying in the center, you know, and be able to present ourselves. And then we talked about getting off bottom that we felt like, you know, he had lost a match in at Las Vegas in the finals against Isaiah Wake because he had been ridden. So we, you know, we acknowledged that that was an area or he did that, that he had to improve in. And, and, uh, and then also, you know, getting better in the top position and being able to score points from the top position. And when you look back at his tournament, all of those things uh, proved to be incredibly valuable for him in order to get through the path that he did, you know, with Marinelli, Wick, and then Vincenzo Joseph in the, in the finals. So I, I think that's a credit to, to Makai and, and how he approaches things and, and the kind of student of the sport of wrestling that he is. So, um, I, you know, to me, that's a pretty cool thing. And it's something, it's a message that the rest of the guys on our team need to hear and understand that this doesn't just show up and happen by accident. Uh, there's a lot of things and a, and a lot of thought and a lot of work that goes into accomplishing something like this. And, and, you know, when you have a plan, uh, things seem to come to better, seem to come together a lot better. But uh, I'll say, you know, as far as the junior world experience for Makai, I think that that was, uh, it was great for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, it, it got him, and we did this early on in his retro year before he made the world team, but we got him out to Colorado Springs for a training camp out there, and he got to wrestle with Kyle Dake, and he got to wrestle with David Taylor, and he got to be in a practice room and, and go through a week of training with guys of that caliber. Um, so then, you know, fast forwarding a few months and, and we started to acclimate him to, to freestyle. Coach Freyer uh, did an awesome job acclimating Makai to freestyle and getting him, you know, uh, coached up on the finer points of freestyle wrestling. Um, you know, making that team was huge because it gave him another opportunity to go out to the Olympic Training Center and train for this, then traveling, um, you know, overseas. And that whole experience, I just think, helped Makai grow. And I think it opened his eyes uh, to, you know, the possibilities of what's uh, attainable for him. And then also it opened his eyes to, to, to being around some of these guys that are competing and, and accomplishing things, the best guys in the world. Right. And, you know, I think that rubbed off on him too a little bit. And I think at some point Makai said, hey, you know, why, why can't I do this? Why not me? And, uh, you know, from my vantage point, I think that was a huge, huge part of his development. I think it gives you confidence. And, and when you have that kind of confidence and ability and success, great things happen. I think the one thing, just hearing what you were saying and what Makai, the little things, I mean, to me, it all just kind of equates to a champion, champion's mindset almost and just kind of the, the common things that you guys are talking about. And, and speaking of being a champion, going to your junior world championship, I mean, Makai, by the time you're done in the fall, you have to be one of the most mature and accomplished wrestlers for a redshirt freshman maybe ever. I mean, you had to have so much more confidence than 99.9% .9 of other redshirt freshmen around the country. Um. Yeah, I was confident <laughs> going into uh, going into the season. I was, I was just um. I wasn't really worried about like who I had to wrestle going out, and um, I didn't really care about like the rankings and stuff and like what everybody like had to say about like all the big names at my weight class. I just remember being like, I want to wrestle, you know like prove to everybody like I'm one of the best too so I just had like had a mindset like I just wanted to like get out there and just uh 
show like how good like the program is, how good tech is, and how good I am. So. Yeah, and, and speaking off of that, I was I was telling Will yesterday before um, before you guys came, and it, it seems like to me um, going getting Makai here, right, talking about that and developing his love for Virginia Tech. I feel like you see that on display, Coach Roby, with the way that he wrestles and uh, during the Notre Dame game when he got to show his belt. I mean, you could just kind of tell to me, and this is a little bit of a side note, but just that Makai really developing a love and a passion for Virginia Tech. I don't think there's any question. I think that Makai, number one, is uh, appreciates and is grateful for what he has. He doesn't take it for granted. I mean, he's he's getting a free education here. Um, he's got an opportunity to accomplish great things, and and uh, he's doing great things for our program. And I think he loves his teammates. Um, you know, and, and it's a brotherhood, and he loves the guys that are you know, you know he goes to battle with every day in the practice room, and. Uh, you know, it's overall, you know, I mean, when you have this kind of experience and, and uh, you, you get to a place that uh, welcomes you and is as welcoming as Virginia Tech is and Virginia Tech Athletics and, uh, you know, people have opened their arms uh, to Makai and, and put him around him and, and welcomed him in. So I do think he appreciates that. So um, he's going to have to learn how to be a celebrity now and, and getting recognized by everybody. And it's, <laughs> things are going to change. Things are going to change. There's no question. Absolutely. Again, we're having a great podcast so far, special TSL podcast here with wrestling head coach Tony Roby and national champion uh, Makai Lewis. Uh, you know, going into the season, I'm curious now as you guys kind of reflect – on the year specifically for you, Makai. I want to go to your first duel uh, when you wrestled Missouri. You went up uh, against Connor Flynn, eight six the final, and those two illegal hands to the face calls, which I know is something new to the sport. When you look back on it and hearing you talk about the things that you fine tune, you look at the little things. Do you think that loss really helped you moving forward in the regular season part? Um, yeah, I actually did. It helped me a lot because I went into that match like. I, I think a little bit cocky and a little bit too confident. I just like, just remember like being like, oh, hey, it's not even gonna be a close match. Like I'm just gonna go out there, beat this kid, and just like go back and like do like my uh, extra workout after the match. And then like I just remember um, when I was like trying to get the last takedown to like tie it up, and like I didn't get it, and just being so frustrated and. Uh, even like giving up like a team point and stuff and like reflecting back on that I was just like yeah that was like a good like uh that was like a good loss for me like just to change like my mindset and stuff because after it, I was just like now I'm just gonna go out and just like try to make wrestling fun and then um just try to wrestle hard and like whatever outcome happens and it's just gonna happen and like I felt like once I started doing that from that point forward the rest of the season it just made it easier for me so so I'm sure as a coach definitely things you know as a, a player to be able to recognize or, or as a wrestler to recognize that I'm sure as a coach you have to love that tr that characteristic that he has yeah I, I think so I mean I, there's yeah, no doubt I you know one of the things we talk about a lot is uh we we try not to focus on results and we just try to focus on effort and, and giving great effort and preparing um, and then going out and having fun when we're wrestling. And, and it's, it's a, you know, it, to me, it's a great way to 
uh, alleviate any kind of pressure that you might be putting on yourself. And, and um, you know, I think as much as anything, that's what Makai learned what how to do this year is to just put all the noise and all the garbage um, that really has no bearing or effect mm-hmm. on on anything uh, aside and focus on you know, just the seven minutes that you're on the wrestling match and not worrying about anything else and going out there and wrestling really hard and giving great effort and, um, you know, and staying offensive. And that's that's what he did. And it was it was a learning experience. There's no question. I mean, you know, you come in here as a freshman. Makai was, you know, uh, he didn't wrestle a ton in high school. He wasn't one of these guys that uh, had a crazy dad that took him all over the country and was wrestling 100 matches when he was six years old. And it's probably a big part of the reason that he's developed Developed so much in the, in the last two years is because that growth was there and that potential was there and there was so much more upside than maybe kids that that, that do that kind of thing uh, have. But yeah, I mean, I you know, it's his love for the sport of wrestling and really his love to compete uh, that separates Makai. Well, and then you know, all all awesome things, and I'm trying to think about the best way to transition here because after. You know, you talk about the uh, out in Vegas and that and that championship you had there, and then the Missouri one. I mean, you really had, I mean, so much success the rest of the way. I mean, it didn't drop after that. But at, even though you're still winning, Makai, I mean, how did you feel like, you know, taking it match by match, month by month, how did you see yourself improving maybe by the time you got to late February, early March? Um, I was – I just remember always – being a little bit too hard on myself in my matches like it was like being like I would like watch my match like after it would like happen like watch it uh, like probably like at least five or six times and like see like what I missed the time before and like realizing like little things I could like still critique like it's not like I'm like this uh, perfect wrestler so I just remember um just like realizing that it's still like a lot I still need to like get better at so like as I'm winning I'm like yeah I'm like doing really good but I still like want to be like better than like why I am now so like every day I would just like come in and like try to have something new or something different to work on and then uh, I just feel like that just like kept me in the right mindset of like I could always get better and, and like I could always improve no matter what so and you, in you know, thinking about you know coming down the stretch, you definitely got to wrestle in a couple of high pressure situations. You know, look back at that like Cornell duel when you guys had to have you at one sixty five there, or even the NC State one. Are are those little situations you think looking back on it that again helped get you to this point where you are right now? Yeah, definitely, because it was uh, a lot more people at like those matches, and um, it was like. Um, especially like NC State like the match like fell on me so like that pressure like to like feel it and like be able to uh just like uh set it aside and like just start focusing on myself being able to like not let the pressure get to me I felt like helped a lot because like when you go to nationals it's it's like a lot of people is uh the most people I probably uh like most people probably see me wrestle so um, I just remember, like, every time before my match at Nationals, just walking out there and, like, wanting to be out on the mat right. so I could, like, feel the pressure so I could just 
keep telling myself every time I'm pacing back and forth, there's no pressure at all. And, like, it's just another tournament or match. And just before we get to the um, to the NCAAs, and you know, I think it's a good time to talk about this, and I definitely want to bring it up. You talk about wrestling in front of a bunch of people. I want to get your thoughts on wrestling in front of Hokie Nation at Castle Coliseum this year. But then also, you know, Coach Roby, I know you had a goal. You wanted to set that record for the attendance, the ACC tournament this year in Blacksburg. So I'm sure from a wrestling standpoint and a fan standpoint here at Hokie Nation, Starting with you, what was it like wrestling in front of Hokie Nation and Coach Roby talking about uh, getting that support for the ACC tournament the whole year? Um, it was really good. I was excited. I was also nervous, too. Like, I remember um, my first match at Castle. I was just like, I start, my hands started sweating. And I just remember uh, I kept telling myself, like, I'm going to be fine and, like, everybody's going to uh, – just be cheering for me and be excited for me and then like to finally like actually walk out in like my Virginia Tech singlet and like um playing like my walkout song and then uh just seeing like the whole crowd just like yelling like uh uh cheering for me the whole time it was just like a great experience yeah I thought our fan support has been great all year I I think you know what Makai said and is is uh hopefully fuel for the fire for our fans to continue to come out and support us. I can tell you that it matters having a lot of people in the stands. It, it, it matters for a lot of reasons for your program. Uh, the, the best recruits in the country want to come wrestle in front of a lot of people. And I, I think it helps. Obviously, it helps the environment. We had some great environments this year with Pitt and NC State and then at the ACC championships. So, yeah, the Hokie Nation has uh, – has really it's been impressive because I was here you know in 2007 when uh, we weren't getting a lot of people in Castle Coliseum we weren't very good but we weren't getting a lot of people so to see where it was then and see where it is now and and uh, you know we got to continue to grow it though we got we're still there's still a lot that we need to do to to catch some people that are in front of us so yeah I mean it's it's an important part of what we do I think we're getting more and more people on board for wrestling all the time and I and I know this much I get one of the comments I get from people that have are, are new wrestling fans like Will over there right and the guy didn't know anything about wrestling a year ago <laughs> he knows a lot now he's learning <laughs> he's all in now but uh, I think once you get you know once you embrace it and if you give it a chance and and uh, it's a pretty powerful thing and it's a pretty exciting thing and I had a fan tell me this year this he's been to it was his first wrestling match against Cornell and he said that he's been to Virginia Tech football games, basketball games for years. He told me it's the best sporting event he's ever been to. So uh, for those of you out there that have not you know, been to a wrestling match, I highly, highly encourage you to go. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a, a heck of a home schedule next year too. So I'm giving it a little plug. I'm putting a little pressure on you to keep supporting wrestling. Of course, I got to jump in here. <laughs> at, at its core, it's really easy to understand. It's one dude trying to beat another. Right. You know, um, yeah. We've had, and I was thinking about this earlier. We've had individual national champions in sports before. Uh, hammer throw multiple times. Right. Uh, number one, that wasn't on ESPN on a Saturday night when right. people were out in the bars getting ready to watch NCAA basketball. But you know, number two, it, like I'm sure you guys have seen the video of the softball team watching mm -hmm. your championship match, right? Yeah, pretty cool. Those girls probably don't know a lot about wrestling, but it's you can tell that they can understand what they're looking at. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can see the score in the corner, mm -hmm. and you know it's 5-1, to one, and that guy's got Makai's leg, Joseph has Makai's leg in the air, and you know that's a bad thing. 
Right. And then he puts him on the mat, and you know that's a good thing, and time's running out. So it's a really easy sport, even if you don't know a lot about it, to, to really get into and get excited by it. Yeah, we we uh, we try to keep it simple. Sometimes you just got to pick the guy up and throw him down. And <laughs> you know that's uh, Makai's pretty good at that. Well, again, we're 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 getting there because there's a lot of great celebrations. I'm excited to get to, especially you know Tech softball being one of them. Uh, watching you over the weekend, and and I'll speak to you. Know, I was at every home duel this year. And, you know, I've been to many football and basketball games. And even though I have the headset on, you can just hear the, I mean, just the enthusiasm. And even some fans, I mean, getting in the, uh, the ref's ear. I mean, people are just so passionate about it. I, I, I really want to echo what you just said. I mean, this Hokie Nation, you've got to get out to wrestling. There's not a better time to do it than, uh, than right now. So, um, and there was a great turnout in Pittsburgh as well. You know, I, I listened, you know, to a bunch of your podcasts this year. And uh, it was a common theme coming up was, tickets for Pittsburgh. I mean, there was a lot of interest about trying to get there and see the um, the NCAA championships. So so speaking about this, I don't know where the best place to pick it up is. Maybe it's four weeks before, like you were talking about the tournament starting. But when did you, Makai, I mean, was it after ACC's when you really started all in on the NCAA championships? And, you know, when, when did you really get dialed in on that? Um... It was probably that Monday after ACCs because I wasn't really trying to focus on nationals because I like had like opponents like right. during the season that uh, I needed to be like focused in on and wrestling them. So once ACCs was over and I won ACCs, I was like, all right, like now it's time like for nationals and like now it's time for me like to be ready and be prepared to like try and uh, win nationals so I think it was a year that Monday in practice I really started focusing on it and you know coach Roby you know he picks up the eighth seed you know obviously you got the bracket in front of me right now when you first saw it what did you think about his draw I mean obviously you talk about guys like Marinelli preparing for him a couple weeks before what they do but what did you think when you initially saw his draw at 165 felt bad for those guys. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I wasn't worried about it. I, I, I truly, I don't even, you know, I, I, we, I, I'll take a look at the brackets when they come out and the seeds when they come out, but don't give a whole lot of thought into much more than their first opponent. Um, you know, and with Makai, we actually liked the way it came out. I mean, you know, not that we studied it a lot, but uh, like I said, I mean, I, I, there's not one guy in that bracket that I wouldn't feel comfortable sending Makai out there against, and uh, regardless of the setting. So, to me, it was it was just about Makai, you know, getting to that event and and handling, you know, managing his emotions and staying even keel, which was probably the most impressive thing that he did over the course of the weekend. Because he, you know, it's there's a lot of people there. It's you can make more out of it than it really is. And sure. At the end of the day, it's just a wrestling match, and that's all we're doing. And it's something he's been doing his whole life and something he's really good at so that that's that's what we tried to keep his focus on but as far as you know looking ahead we didn't look ahead we didn't yeah. worry about where he was seated it didn't didn't make any difference to us and i'm curious to get your thoughts on this too you know having so going back to having so many great guys in the wrestling room right guys that have you know and all americans and mcfadden and zz how much did those guys kind of help you would all, it, whether that's giving a little bit of advice or just knowing that they've been there before, how did that help you um, going into your first NCAA championships? Um, just seeing how they uh, prepared and went about practice and then, like, being in practice and um, just wrestling them and just seeing, like, how much it meant to, like, 
be in this tournament and like try to win the national title. And then also just like um like like Zizi, I remember he uh told me after ACC's that uh I did a good job and that um that basically like I was going to be a national champion and then like Dave or like uh he would like put like a bug in my ear like telling me like basically like I have a good chance of winning nationals and just like a whole bunch of people on my team did the same thing and I just uh just remember um it was uh the it was one practice we had where uh I was wrestling Dave and then I think Tom Slay was wrestling Zach and like just to see like the passion where like if they got taken down, like, they, like, start yelling, getting frustrated. It was just, like, like it really, like, does mean a lot to these guys. So just knowing that and just, uh, like, making it, like, like that's how it was for me. So, And you said in your, in, in your pressers after it was all over, the confidence that you got and the support from the other wrestlers, like those guys you just mentioned, what, what does that mean to you to have the support of everybody inside all behind you? Oh, it means a lot because it shows like how much like um like it's not like they're just doing it just because uh they want people to see us being close. Like it's like gen it's like genuine. Like even when I go home I could like get a text from like Z like telling me like um good job or like he wants to hang out with me or like Dave too. And um it's like it just makes me like feel like good about myself and like feel like I actually like found like a good set of like people who like genuine like genuinely care about like my well-being and stuff so uh going to the championships now the highly anticipated part of the podcast I know everybody <laughs> um you know you start off you know maybe a little cherry on top when you look back you get a win over UVA and a guy <laughs> you know and uh Cam Coy uh you know six and a half minutes to pick up that win in the pin I mean good way to start things off right yeah um that match, I just went out there, and uh, it was my first match. So I was like, that I I was probably the most nervous for that match because it was like the first one in this tournament, and um, just after like getting like my feet like settled and like wrestling, um, that first period and like just uh, calming down, like making it less than like what uh, I was making it before. And um, it just felt good, especially because he beat me in high school. And so uh, after I got the pin, I was just like, all right, like, I'm ready to, like, go. And I'm sure starting off the championships, not only obviously the win to move on, but to get a pin. I mean, you got to be feeling, you know, pretty good. Yeah, because it was like that was uh, my second pin all year. So I thought, uh, hey, I might be able to, you know, catch a couple people. But um, I just uh, was realizing, like, how much better I got. Because I wrestled with him, like, twice uh, before Nationals. And, like, I could just feel, like, um, like, the more, like, just defeated he felt in that match than what... I uh, then when I wrestled him like the two matches previous, so just little things like that. Uh, and we'll get to the quarterfinals in just a minute, but quickly your thoughts on the on the round of sixteen, the four one decision over Kale McCormick of Army. Mm-hmm. Take us through that. Um, I was just trying to get through that match. Um, I I knew like he was going to try to keep it close, and that um, he 
basically it was just going to try to get me tired but like i knew like my conditioning was there so like if anything happened that i was going to be prepared and ready for it so i just like went out there and uh basically with the same mindset just having fun and uh wrestling hard and uh after i got that win then like i just felt like my confidence was just like just going up like from there Coach Roby, I mean, you you talked about kind of the four weeks before. Keep going back to that and things about what Marinelli and a couple other the guys that he might face going into it might try and do against Makai going into that quarterfinal. What are what are some things? Are are you are you telling Makai a lot of things, or honestly just keep doing what you're doing because he had been wrestling that well? I think there was one thing that we were specific about that that you know we kind of felt like could help Makai that we saw in video. Um, that's going into the match we we felt like there was a position that he kind of telegraphed things a little bit and um he's you know alex marinelli is very very good obviously and he he's got a couple things that he's really really good at and then you know that's one of the things that you try to do is you just try to avoid the 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 things or the positions or the situations where your opponent's really good so i think we were able to catch on to something and, and it helped us in that match and and uh i think that was probably the only thing you know, I, I, I knew these guys were going to go out, and, they, and I think their game plan was they thought they could get Makai tired, and, and that was their game plan. But um, it, it actually worked in our favor because the more you wrestle Makai, the, the easier it is for him. You know, some of these lesser opponents that he uh, wrestles that, that just try to stay away and evade, those are a little bit harder guys for him to wrestle. And you had wrestled Marinelli before, right? Yeah. How many times? Once. Once. And, and when and where was that? It was uh, in freestyle in uh, junior uh, world trials, like team trials. And uh, it was the round before the finals. And um, in that match, it was basically like how we wrestled at nationals. Like it was like hard hand fight. Uh, I remember I got the first two takedowns and then like later he got his two takedowns. And um, I just remember from that match, just knowing that was going to be a battle. Because, like, the match that we we had for uh, freestyle, like, we both were, uh, like, uh, really tired. And that was, like, the most tired I've been in a while in the, in the match. And I, like, looked at him, and he was exhausted, too. I was just like, well, I know for this quarterfinals match, like, I'm going to be able to get him tired and exhausted like that. But I just had to, like, realize that I'm going to be the same way, so... And, you know, so close going into that third period, right? I mean, kind of the way you're describing things. Take me through your – I know this is a cliche question, but what you're thinking at that point, wrestling someone that you have wrestled before in the quarters and you've got them right where you want them, and then, of course, you, you win it in the final seconds. What was going through your mind to try and get those two? Um, just, just creating um, action – Cause I noticed like towards the end of the match, it was like more so we were uh, hand fighting each other and circling. So I felt like soon as either one of us created action, that it was going to be uh, a flurry to the point where one of us are going to like get on, get in on each other's leg, and the outcome is going to happen from that. So as soon as I realized that like I needed to go and like I needed to like get a takedown. Um, I just remember it, like, going through my head, just, like, uh, telling myself, like, stay tight, stay tight, suck it in, stay tight. And then I knew he was going to go for his roll. So as soon as he rolled, 
at first I was going to try to like stick him, but then like he like popped up off his back. So I just remember um, being on the edge and it, was, it got so loud that I couldn't hear uh, Freyer and Roby who were like right next to me saying that uh, pull him in. I'm thinking they saying like to pull him in like uh, like for time because I I thought I already got to, but come to find out I didn't get to. And then once he rolled again and I put him to his back almost and uh, got around for like the two uh, in the final seconds. Um, that's when I just realized like uh, like basically like I finally did it like I won the match so. Yeah, uh, I mean, very, very thrilling to watch. And I'm sure standing there and coaching him, definitely a thrilling one to uh, to coach through there in the quarters. Yeah, for sure. I think especially kind of the way, you know, where they were on the mat. And, and I mean, we literally could have reached out and touched Makai. And I, and I remember me and Jared both yelling, you know, try to drag him in bounds, drag him in bounds is what we were yelling because he was, yeah. you know, he was so close to that takedown, but they were also very close to being completely off the mat. So... It was impressive. I mean, to, to be able to pull a guy back in bounds from that position is not an easy thing to do. I can promise you. I mean, he you know he didn't have a a big bite on him, and it's you know it's that that's kind of uh, 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 says a lot about how strong Makai is. You know, to be able to to, to, to horse the guy back in the bounds right. in, in bounds to get that taken, and also you know it, you, that's why you wrestle every second and that's why you wrestle you know whether you know he thought he had a takedown doesn't matter you, you still got to continue to wrestle through the position because you just don't know how things are going to end up and uh you know that's that's what separates good from great and you know great guys from uh, all-time great guys so the final there three won that decision in the quarters and you know this is a this is a, a championships a tournament where you're, you you got to turn around i mean the next day you're going so how quickly did you put that behind did you celebrate it quickly or how much did it did it go from we're on and we got to get ready for Evan Wick um I celebrated I think I like put it behind myself after the interviews like right after the match because uh I just remember uh a bunch of people like tagging me on uh social media and like being like um saying like upset or saying like uh underdog uh and saying, like, how I beat, like, the number one seed and stuff. And I just remember, like, just, like, putting my phone away and just uh, starting, like, focusing on, like, my next opponent. Because, like, to me, I, I didn't try to, like, make it, like, such a big of a deal because I figured, like, if I was to do that, then it would probably, like, affect me in my next match. So. Sure. So you, you're coming off that high against Marinelli. Quickly, before we get to the finals, because I want to spend a quite quite some time there. Um, an important one. I mean, 5-2 decision, Evan Wick, a great wrestler from Wisconsin. Any w What was different about him maybe compared to some of the other guys you'd gone up against in Marinelli or McCormick or Coy? Definitely he was taller, and he, like, had more length. So it was, like, a little bit harder for me to um, just – to uh like try like when well, I was trying to like hold him down and stuff like it was like easier for him to get up, but um and also it was like easier for him to get in on my legs because he was so long like the other guys like they're a little bit shorter so like I mean like when um they were like getting on my like I really wasn't like worried so much but him like he could easily reach and like grab both of my legs so I was like more like aware of that and um. Just him being able to like scramble and stuff, and um, 
that was basically it. Yeah. So five, the five-two decision. You go into the finals, and I'm sure. I mean, Coach, I, I love just kind of piggybacking on what you're saying is that, you know, maybe my favorite quote of this whole podcast, I, I feel bad for those people, of the, the people that he had to wrestle. But you're going into the finals, and I'm sure just uh, you're not obviously content yet because he's got one more left, but you got to be, I mean, feeling pretty confident going into that one, even going up against Vincenzo Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, I, he just uh, felt really good about it the whole weekend, and it just kind of felt right, and... Uh, we weren't, you know, we knew, I listen, that guy's a great wrestler. There's no question. We I recruited Vincenzo Joseph pretty hard, sat in his living room, you know, when he was in high school. He had a Penn State flag hanging on the wall. I figured it wasn't, it wasn't a good sign. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I know how good he is. I mean, what he's done speaks for itself. But uh, we felt we felt very confident. We felt good about the matchup. We felt good about the style matchup. Um, we knew that he's, you know, a couple positions that he's really good at. He can inside trip and he can throw guys. But, you know, we've, like I said, Makai, knowing Makai and, and watching him for the last two years and feeling him a little bit, he's just, he's going to be a guy that's really hard to do that to. And, and we felt like that coming in. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of nerves involved. It was more about just uh, going out and competing. And, you know, this, so this is a uh, question submitted by Chris Coleman, who's not here today from TSL. We were like, you know, you got any questions from Makai? And he was like, you know, the one thing he would love to know is just what is it like sitting there for almost 24 hours knowing you're going to wrestle for a championship? I mean, do you go to bed early? Do you not even think about it the next morning? I mean, how, how did you manage all of that, looking back on it? Well, um, well, I couldn't really sleep at night. So uh, what I had to do was... I was like watching just a um, whole bunch of like basketball videos, like um, of college basketball, like Duke and Virginia Tech, and then uh, I remember I was watching um, Oregon too, and then I like finally fell asleep because like that's like how I fall asleep sometimes. I like have my phone out, or, like I'm watching something, and I just end up falling asleep, and I just remember waking up the next morning, uh, getting like real like anxious. And then I like weighed in, and then when I got back to the hotel, I was like real nervous, and like I was, I didn't get why I was like so nervous. Like I was like started to get like butterflies like in my stomach. I was like, like the match not even like I'm not even about to wrestle yet. Like it's like eight hours before I wrestle. Like what is going on? And then um, I like decided I was like I gotta change my mind. I gotta I gotta, like take my mind off it. So I just started watching um, like March Madness on the TV, and then. I did that for a while. Next thing I know, I just remember I was like, I need to go. I need to go outside and walk. Well, I walked, got uh, fresh air, went to eat. Actually, went to eat with um, Isaiah, one of our uh, one of our support staff. And um, I remember sitting. I was eating with Isaiah, just talking, just having like normal conversation, like just taking my mind off it the whole entire time, until once I got back and I was just laying on my bed and then. Uh, Fred and Roby came into my room to talk to me for one last time before we left. And then um, after that talk, that's when, like, I, like, started to get excited again. And then, like, the nerves just, like, completely, like, went away. It was like I wasn't even nervous anymore. Like, it was just, like, all excitement after that. You were in the zone. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, and then I'll ask the same question to Coach Roby here. We'll get to them after we recap this finals. But, uh how important was it to you to have your parents there? You know, your strongest support team there through it all. Oh, it was re- it was really good. Actually, I 
remember walking out for the finals and I'm like pacing back and forth and I just remember uh, like trying to figure out where were they like just in case like if I did win like I could hurry up and run to them so uh, in the video where like I'm like getting my hair raised and like I look over and I see them like I, ne I didn't know they was right there the entire match until like that point and then um, so just for them like to be there and like to have their uh, support it was like amazing it was like the best feeling ever just to know like my parents like saw me uh, accomplish like my goals that I had set out and that was one of your first tweets, I believe, afterwards, was talking about having his parents there. And a congratulations not only to Makai, but uh, his parents. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty special moment um, to see Makai go over there and celebrate with, with his mom and his dad. And just, uh, yeah, I guess I've gotten to know them very well over the course of the last couple of years and, and know the influence they've had on Makai's life. And um, it's a pretty cool story. It's it's just, it's the, the, to me, that's what it's all about. That's, that's what college uh, – Athletics, and that's what coaching sports are all about. Is is that moment to be able to see him share that with his mom and dad, and um, it was special. There's no question. Yeah. yeah, we'll get back to him in just a moment. But we gotta we gotta recap this uh, this championship. I mean, Vincenzo Joseph, two-time defending national champion. You're scoreless after the first period, uh, and I think the moment that everybody really got excited was when you got him in that cradle. How did how did you get him in there in the second period? Well, I just remember I was. I like practice this cradle like during the week and um I just remember against uh Marinelli who I tried to hit it on first right. that when I tried to hit on him I didn't have his leg hook I just remember uh I kept rewatching like that one part so like in the finals cuz they both stand up the same way like they like tripod up like base up and I knew, like, if I was able just to get my arm around and crunch his uh, head down to his knee, that I would be able to lock, like, the cradle up. So when the second period happened, and I basically knew what he was going to do, like, he was going to do uh, his tripod. And as soon as he did his tripod, I just remember, like, unlike the Marinelli match, I hooked his leg, and I, I kept the leg hooked until I could uh, get my um, – my uh, lock like pretty tight and like readjusted and as soon as I got uh, my lock readjusted I just remember just like like trying to hurry up and run like uh, run him over but also like taking like my time and not like rushing it to the point where like it slipped and like slipped down right. and then like once I finally hit it that's when everything just went silent like I, I couldn't hear nothing after that yeah, and, and that's one thing we you know we were curious to get your thoughts on. You said it was the biggest um, arena you've ever wrestled in, but are you you're not hearing anything at that point? I'm yeah. sure, right? I I I remember was um I remember hearing go, and then after I heard go, that's the like that's the last thing I heard. Like after that, it, it everything just went like it sounded like um like you ever like uh, turn on your TV and it's like the little like shh. Like right, sound, right. It was like that. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like that, and just like a whole bunch of people yelling at the same time. Um, and then you know, Coach Roby, I'm sure you know, hearing him talk about you know the preparation for that cradle to see it happen and him execute it. I'm sure you guys had to be pretty fired up over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I, a lot of that credit goes to Coach Frayer. He's a, he's a big cradle guy. He's uh, his dad's a big cradle guy, so we got to give him a shout out, uh, Coach Frayer's dad. But. Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously when he locked that up, 
it was impressive because usually, you know, a guy as strong as uh, Vincenzo Joseph, if you can if you can stop that initial uh, initial momentum where he runs you over to your hip and you start to straighten your body out, it gets a lot easier to defend it there, you know. But Makai, um, he's just you know he's long and incredibly strong, and uh, once once he had it locked up, and then once he started running forward with it and got him, once you get to the guy that you're, to his hip, it's over. Right. And uh, once he got him to his hip, we you know we we knew we were either going to get the pin. Um, or, you know, I was yelling, just hold him there, hold him for the whole period, um, you know, which is a tough thing to do. Your arms start to get tired, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's, it was impressive. It was, it was yeah. an impressive uh, feat of athleticism and strength to be able to run that guy over right there. So I, I played um, – I, I rewatched it. I've rewatched it many of times, and I went back and watched it with my roommates last night. And one of my roommates last night, his jaw was just on the floor in the third period. He's in on that single leg shot, and it looks like he might have something there. And then you just turn and grab that takedown. I mean, just the the, the, the strength to do that in the third period. And I'm sure that had to almost be like a celebratory takedown because you, you knew it, it, was, it was locked up, right? Yeah. Uh, I just, like, just the whole time, like, certain situations during that match, it was, like, stuff that I practiced. And, um, like, I wasn't really worried about getting taken down. I was just uh, wrestling at that point. And I just remember once I did get that takedown, I didn't know what to do. I almost let him up. And, like, I started celebrating in. But I just uh, remember, like, somebody said keep him down. I think it was Freyer or uh, – keep wrestling somebody said that I remember that and then um I just remember like in my head like just being like what I'm gonna do for a celebration like what well, how I'm gonna celebrate I was like I don't know and then like just looking up at the clock and then it's like it was at zero and then I don't know I just got so excited you did kind of have a look about you like you weren't sure what to do, and, and you talked yeah. about almost letting him up. It was about 15 seconds left yeah, to go, and, and, I've, and I've watched it a bunch of times, too, and I thought, wow, he looks like he almost stood up there. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, like, my mind was just – it was just everywhere at that point. Like, I was so focused the whole entire match until I took him down at last eight down, and I was, I was just like um, – I was just like telling myself, like, don't do nothing crazy. You know, uh, and maybe I was wrong, but I went back and I was trying to find a certain moment, and you're on top after the takedown, and there's almost a point where you give a fist bump. I don't know if you did Mm -hmm. that. You got the, and then, and then you're sitting there smiling for about five seconds. It was really a, you know, it's not everybody kind of gets to script their championship match to happen that way where you know you're going to do it but I'm sure for you and Coach Fair, Coach Roby, you guys had to be just sitting over there taking it in for the final 20 seconds or so. Yeah, I think at that point we knew um, we felt really good about it yeah. and you know, yeah, it was it was like it's something you want to enjoy and uh, just it was exciting obviously and to, to it was exciting for our fans. I thought one of the cooler things was, and I went back and rewatched it on video, is you could you could hear the Hokie fans, you know, the Let's Go Hokies chant going in the background at, at one point, and uh, to see them going crazy, and then to see Makai's parents going crazy, it was it, like I said earlier, it was it was the coolest moment of the whole uh, the whole event, and, and one of the coolest moments of my coaching career. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you get up and you give, uh, you might have hurt Coach Frere uh, in that hug you gave him, <laughs> and then you give a big hug to. The coach Roby uh, and I really want to 
you know, it, I was telling Will and Chris, we were all agreeing yesterday that, I, you know, ESPN, that shot they had of you with about 15 seconds. I mean, your parents, I mean, I'm happy just for your parents, <laughs> even though I haven't met them. I mean, they, uh, just that celebration. I mean, I'm, uh, what a cool moment you're going to have for the rest of your life and yeah. to celebrate that with your parents and them mm-hmm. on video. I mean, just kind of smiles all around to think about it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I have uh, a couple of my siblings back home. We, was, uh, we have like a group chat and uh, they like sent that to me. And I don't know, it's it pretty cool just to see that. Um, I laugh at it, to be honest <laughs> with you, because I, I never saw like my dad get that excited before. So... <laughs> Like for uh, him to like be acting like that, it was so funny to me. So I, it was like a cool, it was just a cool experience. Uh, and you, you know, social media is going crazy at this point, as I'm sure, as we said at the beginning, yeah. about your your phone saw all of it. Yeah. Uh, you've got you know Virginia Tech's president, Doctor Sands, tweeting at you. You've got, I mean, just so much outpouring of love. I'm sure for both of you it had to be really neat to see all of Hokie Nation rallying behind Makai at that moment. It was pretty cool, yeah. I mean, and, and uh, just being in the arena with Makai and everybody, you know, wanting to get pictures with him and uh, have him sign autographs, and uh, you know, it was it was a uh, it's going to be something that is uh, going to change his life for sure. So it's uh, it was cool to be a part of. It was, yeah. I mean, we had a we had a kind of a informal social back at back at our fan hotel afterward and uh fans stayed up late to wait for makai to get there and and greet him and uh it was i think for uh, virginia tech wrestling and virginia tech athletics it's definitely a a moment that's going to go down in history yeah that's a great that's a great way to put it and um you know i I think two other things before we kind of wrap things up was one it's kind of the cherry on top for you to win and I don't have the exact name in front but the the most outstanding wrestler of the entire NCAA championships with over 300 guys in all of the weight classes to win that I mean what does that mean to you um it means a lot just like it just goes to show like all the hard work like I had to put through like I had to uh, put in um the good and bad times I had this year um just everything of everything with like uh just like wrestling in general like from wrestling when I was younger till now like it was just all worth it and I just it was uh crazy to me because I feel like it's like so many people especially like uh in that tournament who could have won it and for them to like give it to me I I just was uh I was like so happy and grateful for it. So, uh, I'm curious, where is uh, is the hardware back home in New Jersey? I take it. Oh no, not yet. But uh, my parents are coming. In. They're gonna come and get it. <laughs> yeah, they already told me they don't want me with it. They yeah, don't trust me. So I was thinking about that. I don't yeah. know if I'd want that hardware uh, sitting in my apartment or dorm room. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Roby, this is the first national champion in Virginia Tech wrestling history. I mean, what does it mean to you, and then I'll ask Makai, to have Makai Lewis be that first one for your program? It means a lot. It's For our program, first of all, this is something that's, that we've, uh, I guess, a hurdle um, that we 
have been meaning to get over. You know what I mean? That's been it's been on our goal uh, list for you know since I've taken over for sure, and even long before that. And it's a there's a lot of people and a lot of guys that came through the program ahead of Makai that paved the way, and I think those guys are as excited as you know guys like Devin Carter and Peter Yates and and uh, Ty Walls and you know a whole long list of guys that were were close and really good and got the program to a certain point where uh, you can go get a guy like Makai and and then for Makai to come in and do it as a freshman uh, I think it's a program changer for us I think Makai is uh, and he he's the right guy because the the one thing and the one challenge that Makai has is not not let this change him and and for him to continue to be the same person that he is and for him to remember what's made him successful and what what's gotten him to this point, and he's going to have to draw back on all those things um, and those attributes and qualities that he has to continue to you know to, to grow as a wrestler and, and to continue to have success. And this is more about uh, than just winning national titles. This is about Makai, uh, you know, continuing to get better. And it's not always about wins and losses. And we, I'm just excited that we got three more years with him uh, in a Virginia Tech single. And then hopefully we, he sticks around here and wins some world and Olympic titles uh, in Blacksburg. That's that's really what our goal is. But uh, it was it was a it was a defining moment for a program and something that uh, I was obviously incredibly excited about. And I think the perfect last question is for you, Makai, and that is, what does it mean to you as the guy from New Jersey? And we talked earlier about being recruited, getting down here to Virginia Tech, not knowing necessarily a ton about the school, then falling in love with it. What does it mean to you to be the first national champion in Virginia Tech wrestling history? Um, it, it means a lot, to be honest. Um, just to know, like, everybody, like, before me who wrestled in it, uh, and just to know, like, how hard, like, they had to work and just them showing me how hard I had to work to be at the point I am right now. Uh I just feel like, I don't know, it's just like a blessing. Like, I always tell myself that um, uh, everything happens because of, like, God, and, like, you have to put, like, God first. So, I mean, I'm just, like, grateful and excited, and I can't wait until uh, next year where I can try and, like, repeat, so... Well, I think that's a, uh, a great stopping point until next year, which is going to be uh, just a ton of fun. Guys, I know on behalf of, of Will and everybody here at Tech Island, we are extremely grateful that you guys were able to come on and kind of recap this with us because I tell you what, I mean, we, all of us here at Tech Island, I mean, just so, so thrilling to watch the whole season, especially you, and then to see this moment. I mean, congratulations, and congratulations to you and um, it's been an exciting year, and, and we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to be covering wrestling next year. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it. This very special Tech Sideline podcast. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody for watching on Facebook Live. For Virginia Tech head wrestling coach Tony Roby, for the national champion, Makai Lewis, I'm Evan Hughes saying so long, and thanks so much for listening to the Tech Sideline podcast. <laughs>